Episode 80 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud. It's me, COB. It's me, Teddy Flower. And it's me, Ian Ward, a.k.a. the King of Chemo. Ian, how's things? How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, all good? Oh, well, not really, but, <laughs> but <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing grand. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think... <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> right, so before we get into this podcast, Ian, I think you should give a little snippet of... Why you went viral in the last couple of weeks and then we'll strip it all the way back and go to the start and then take us through. So why I'm in Ireland now or Well the the video yet that went viral there a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. So I was going home for uh, to Ireland anyway just because it's my birthday tomorrow and uh, we were doing a Gale Force. Do always do that pretty much every year, do something with the boys. And uh, so I'm trying to break the world record for raising the most amount of money ever for running a marathon. And I'm piggybacking off that so much because I've got cancer myself. And so that's just a massive advantage when you can get the pity party. And uh, so, yeah, I started doing stuff on social media almost um, actually straight away. But I had previously got a a tiny uh, social media channel that I started uh, just before COVID. And it was just like playing video games and drinking cocktails while listening to an album. And uh, that lasted six months. And then I got the diagnosis. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I may as well just turn this into uh, a charity thing. No point in sort of fighting against the uh, the tide, so to speak. And um, yeah, so one of them videos just went, uh, went viral. I was doing okay beforehand, but like not on Instagram. Instagram, it's now good. TikTok doubled in size, more than doubled in size. So, uh, how much are we talking on the two platforms? Hmm? How many followers are we talking? So, uh, on TikTok, it's 1.2 million, but they say that everything on TikTok you divide by about 10, and that's what it kind of is by other social media platforms. And then Instagram went from like 2,000 to uh, 45,000 as of you know, this uh, the start of this podcast update towards the end, yeah. Different. yeah. So, we're actually recording this podcast. Um, what day today on the 20th 20th yeah. so we're a bit uh, we're going to be ahead of ourselves so we're about 10 days yo. You'll, yeah. you'll be recorded so on the really Monday really interesting for whoever's listening to this to be like alright he said uh, this many numbers now what is it yeah. 10 days later right so we'll go right back to the start with you Ian so tell us about where you come from and what was like growing up so uh, I had absolutely blissful happy uh, existence as a kid. I grew up in uh, in Clontarf, went to uh, Mount Temple, and uh, just from like talking to other people in like I think Ireland in general, you have a better like uh, secondary school experience. I live in London now, and you talk to people about it's like oh yeah, I got bullied and all this sort of thing. It's quite a great time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What you was on about, yeah. yeah. Like I knew everybody in the in the school. Walk around was great fun. Everyone ended up as friends. We all like one person. There'd be different cliques, but like you'd have a house party and like various people from all the different groups that all show up. And you know, some of the air quotes nerds still played rugby and you know all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, after that, um, how did you go on in school? What were you like in school? Uh, I was I was a class clown. I mean, like no uh, no surprises there, but. Um, I just about got my uh, the results for what I wanted to do at the time, which was uh, computer game development. 
And then uh, when I started doing that, I realized, oh, this is awful. This is an absolute nightmare. There's no creativity at all. I thought this would be like, you'd sit down and be like, okay, what makes this game good? Is it the fact that it's like exciting or is it the curiosity like you're in The Sims? And it's just not. It's just like programming, programming, Mm. programming, Mm. and more programming. And everyone that I went to university with was a a 100% stereotype of like in an 80s film, what you describe as a nerd, just like, terrible with the opposite sex uh really <laughs> bad at just general conversation and like afraid to do anything it was like fucking hell i didn't think this was like sort of a stereotype that was based on things but there was like me and three other lads that you know played sport and went to the pub and you know did normal stuff outside of uh gaming yeah yeah so um after i left that i pretty much went over to um uh to england and i started studying well oh sorry i did paramedic science in uh in ireland and then couldn't get a job just going through the um oh what the fuck was it called i was gonna say covid but it was a uh, what was it when there was no jobs for anyone recession recession session through the recession yeah so uh after during the recession i i went off to london and studied uh, nursing there and i made the foolish decision of thinking that they were uh, similar in field in that like you know oh yeah paramedic medic you're looking after people nurse yeah yeah i'll go to the a and e and it'll be much the same and it's fucking not it's a billion times of just paperwork and then running around pulling on the doctor's jacket being like can you sign this piece of paper to say that i can you know give that person paracetamol and then like the doctors they they find the system annoying as well because they're like yeah of course of course of course like you're competent you know what you're doing mm. but like i hated that so much what age were you there 20 in around early 20s anyway and then um from that i switched to uh fitness stuff and because i was naturally just going to the gym a lot and then uh i just decided i was gonna do something that was uh a passion rather than uh something that i thought would be right for me and that was definitely a, a very good choice and my work is now something that i enjoy so yeah, that was a good call on my behalf. So what is it that you're doing now? Pardon? What do you do now? Uh, pretty much the same shit. <laughs> so like now, uh, after COVID, I had uh, the uh, the uh, fitness classes started back up again, uh, but I was going through uh, the recovery points of chemotherapy and surgery, so I didn't have to get back to work for a while, but I was still like keen to do it because it's, you know, teaching fitness classes is fun. You're you're keeping yourself fit while having a bit of crack and then they like uh, throw you some money at the end of it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, this is is grand for me. But um, over that time, I was doing the uh, fitness classes on social media to sort of promote, hey, yeah, I've got cancer, but look at me, I can still do press-ups, aren't I so amazing? And uh, so I kind of do the same thing that I previously did. It's just I now do it by myself to a camera, so... Yeah. Not much has changed in some ways. So, <clears throat> right, take us back then to when you do get the news that you, you have cancer. So, you're in London, you're jumping around these jobs here and there, but you go in to become a qualified PT? Um, no, so the way it happened was uh, I used to do loads of uh, guinea pig experiments where you're just walking in and they are giving you... Um, not random medications or random treatments. It's all very, like, you know, pre-planned and that sort of thing. You've got to volunteer and sign a million contracts to say, like, yes, I understand, I'm I'm okay with this sort of thing. And they do extremely uh, um, uh, well-done um, medical tests on you. 
And so I went in for one and they did an MRI and I was 30 at the time. And so a 30 year old with no symptoms going in for a, a MRI is just completely unheard of. There's like no reason to do it. So why would you do it? And even in the NHS, uh, if you went in and you were like, I want an MRI, they'd say to you like, okay, do you have a reason? And I was like, nah, I don't. I just want one. It's like, okay, well, you got to pay for that. We're not going to provide that service to anybody. And uh, so they went in for the uh, for the pre-screening for the uh, the medical or for the um, for the research for the medical research thing, and they were like, "Yeah, you got a you got a tumor in your head, you got a benign tumor," and I was here like, "Oh, does that mean that I'm not going to be able to do the uh, the medical research test?" And they were like, "Eh, no, you have a severe medical condition. You need yeah. to go and see that again." So I went in and I seen it the second time and it was over COVID. And uh, then they were like, I oh, know that's grown. We need to, we need to chop your fucking head open and get that shit out of there as soon as possible. And, uh, it was at that point where they were like, yeah, so this is probably going to be, um, cancerous. We don't see, they were looking out for like a uh, red dots apparently are like the thing that they look out for with like a, a gel that they give you. And they didn't see that, but they were like, it grew by something like 30% over the last, um, six months between the first scan versus this one so like i'm always saying well the surgeon said it first uh where you're you're actually really lucky i know it seems like you're not but you are incredibly lucky because you've come in here with no symptoms and this thing is growing like you know the like the economy is falling the (laughs) that tumor is growing and so if i hadn't gotten it scanned then i probably would be possibly dead now because of how quickly it was growing so so just by chance because you're signing up to, to do all these like experiments and they said oh if you do an mri first then you found out you had a tumor yeah and the previous medical trial that i was doing they even uh, i had done one very recently it was only a, a three-month month window before and they had something where it was called a, i think it was a ct scan i don't know if i'm doing that incorrectly but you basically put on like a rugby scrum cap and they have all these little dots that are like uh, oiled into your head and it's really itchy but like they scan your brain um brain waves yeah so, like the brain activity yeah so it's yeah. the same as like if you know what an ecg is for the heart where they like hook all these di- uh, things yeah, up and yeah. they, they're able to tell how the heart is pumping but they can't actually see the heart so it would be like if they did an ECG on me and my heart rate was absolutely fine, but then they did a uh, an MRI on my heart and it was like, there's a fucking tumor in your heart that you weren't aware of. So even when they were scanning my brain, they did not detect that there was anything wrong with it. And this is like medical research in the UK. Like you can't really get much higher of a Yeah, top end stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then so just by complete chance that uh, the next thing was a... Uh, a uh, a scan of the brain and i ended up being the unluckiest man or the unluckiest lucky man in the world so uh your attitude is actually admirable towards it though like i know you're making light-hearted jokes and all and and that's actually like it is admirable but like what is that news like getting that like uh, like the first time I got it, it was uh, a shock. But then straight away afterwards, the uh, my doctor that I was with, he just started getting down to like uh, the brass tacks of, all right, this is what your risk is going to be. This is this, this is this. Uh, these are the forms of treatment. And so like very quickly, uh, it went from being uh, this like overwhelming thing to just being like a step program. Let's get to walk now. Something like that. Yes, yeah, straight away. It was like, okay, so first thing we're going to do is uh, you're going to do surgery and now your choices 
has got to be uh we can do this where you go to where you're um put to sleep or we can do this uh what's called a awake surgery and i was like what's the difference um the awake surgery will be asking you questions and that will mean that uh we'll know what our parts of your brain are being damaged and what parts of your brain are being yeah because they can actually operate on the brain while you're awake because you have no pain receptors they, in the they, brain isn't yeah, it yeah there's no pain receptors but that's a bit of a bullshit lie because it's still fucking really sore because the uh the uh getting the skull open is oh fuck like wreck the head i know pardon the pun <laughs> fucking hell it feels like do you ever see that scene in casino where like uh joe pesci is squeezing your man it's like i'm gonna pop your head like a fucking grapefruit or whatever and he's like trying to get your man to talk or something like that it's like that's what it feels like just being in this uh thing and then also they don't mention about how um you are sitting in the same exact place for the whole surgery and like you boys are in a podcast you know and you got to stay in the exact same place to keep the mic in place and i'm sure by the end of a podcast you're like a little bit stiff yeah yeah Yeah. three hours of like sitting like this it gets like the fact that you can't just like get up and just like move around yeah like it's not like a flight where you can kind of have a little walk whole body have to stay completely completely still in that one three hours that's my worst nightmare. That. Could they not give you like an anaesthetic? A local anaesthetic, you know? Yeah, but it was the hips that was like actually the worst part because it just started cramping up really bad and then I started getting like, um, uh, not seizures as in like, you know, z- 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 but like, the, you know, little twitches coming at yeah. It's like, oh, you need to like rub it out sort of thing. And that Muscle was locking and all that shit, yeah. Yeah, that was the, that was the, uh, by far the most painful part which is quite a, quite a surprise. It was frustrating as well because <laughs> the, uh, because it was on this side, so this ear is uh, was full of like uh, antiseptic, and the thing that they were testing me with the whole time was this, uh, like a basic form of um, oh, what's the game when you have to guess things? Guess uh, who? Art- articulate. Maybe it's Kazoo. <laughs> Never played that. <laughs> but it's like a fucking super basic version of articulate where it's like okay which one of these is the bush which one of these is the tree and i'd have to go i had the the one on the left is the tree that's the cat that's the dog and uh all they would actually be looking out for is uh stalling so if i was like that's a uh, uh dog and that would be the case of okay yeah that's a dangerous area don't suck any of the brain out in that part and um that is mental yeah. this is literally brain surgery do you know when people like do you, know you have to do with tasks and someone go it's not brain surgery this is literally brain surgery yeah Look, this yeah. is what it's <laughs> that is crazy like whenever you see like footage of someone who's like playing the piano or, or on a violin like i always thought that that was like a gimmick and it's not it's that they actually the brain surgeons want people to be doing stuff like that and if they happen to be like professional musicians obviously the uh, the thing that they value the most would be their ability to maintain their skills so they get them to do that so that they know okay this is you can is, see the brain activity what's going on yeah cuz the brain is amazing it's like um uh, the way i always think of it is like it's like a house uh, you're in a big mansion with loads of rooms and there's loads of furniture well it's like each room is like a quarter filled with furniture. And so when an, a room is damaged, the brain will move that furniture into another room. And so they were telling me that the younger you are, the more it does this. It's, uh, your brain is called like, it's the plasticity of your um, of your brain. And it's so extreme that if a baby has a stroke, it's very common that the parents don't even notice that. They can kind of recover from it. It recovers so fast that the parents often don't notice and they just think that the child had like a fever or something. 
it's fucking crazy. However, you try to do that when you're 60 and... Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Bifty, good luck, Jen. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're done. You're slurring your words for the rest of your life. And um, so I was really lucky in, in the same sense that I got this while I was young because if I got... I probably would have preferred getting out to 60, clean sheet, <laughs> but um, getting to 60 and then getting the same sort of thing, like all the, uh, the ability to speak um, would have not recover the same way it is so like i wouldn't be able to be on a podcast now i'd be like holding up pieces of paper being like eh, yeah mm. here you go so talk us through the surgery then you get the surgery uh what part of the brain is it that they're operating on they uh for me it was the left temporal lobe and because i'm right-handed that means that it affects speech and uh they were saying like, okay, you're young. This is actually a huge benefit to you because uh, likely what will happen is that whole furniture moving, compartmentalizing thing that I just said, that you'll be able to recover from this. You're actually uh, going to be okay after a while. You'll be able to hold a conversation at least. And like six days it took and I was back uh, 100%. Before the six days, what? Six, yeah, six days. And even in the six days of me not being able to speak um, properly, um. Again, it was like a game of Articulate where you just be like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a thing of water and it's like a glass. No, 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 the other thing. It's made of plastic. A bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like that where I... Which I'd, isn't... That's actually not too bad when you think about it. It's not. It did get worse than that, though. Some <coughs> sentences I wouldn't be able to understand. Like, I remember I was watching a, I was watching a film and then after a while I realized, like, I have no idea what anyone just said in that last uh, bit of the film. And then same thing where, like, someone was talking to me and I just, it, I couldn't understand. It's, it's a weird feeling because like everything else works fine. Like the brain doesn't work like a lung where if you can't catch a breath, it means you can't catch a breath for anything. It's not like, oh, I'm underwater swimming. Uh, you know, yeah. I can do this, but like overground, I can't run. So like the, the first time I experienced it was um, in the actual hospital. I was sitting there playing a video game and I was playing like a uh, Red Alert 3, which is, you know, chess basically. And uh, but fast, and the nurse came in and was like, "We got to do a test on you here." And I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, go for it." And she goes, uh, "Where are you?" And I was like, "Fuck, I have no idea where I am." <laughs> so I started having to go like, "Oh, I'm in a, oh, I'm in like a hostel, but for the sick." It sounds like hostile. And then, like, it took her... She, she, I think they're obviously trying to not feed you the answer. It's like 30 seconds, isn't it? Do you play that game 30 seconds? I, maybe. How does it work? So you get, like, a five different answers. Like, they'd be, like, a person, a place, like, random shit, but you can't say the word. So it'd be like, yeah, he's an actor. He's in a... He's in a film with Robert De Niro and he's, uh, they're in a casino and... Uh, Joe uh, Pesci. Yeah, but you can't say Joe Pesci. So that's the thing. So that's why it's well, a bit like... You can't say Joe Pesci, but I've got yeah, a guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's articulate. Yeah, that's yeah. the exact same thing. But you have 30 seconds to get through the whole list. So Yeah, that's articulate. That's yeah. exactly what you have to do. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, great fun. So that's why you have basically your whole life is just one big game of 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, for well, for six days. But, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, like I was playing Warzone with one of my mates online and like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but you got yeah. fucking well, shit hot quick to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually are very good at it. Yeah. Well, imagine like if you get down and you'd be like, where is he? I actually don't know where, <laughs> yeah. where your man well, is. That was it. I had to say to him, like, my mate, it was like, you know, here, JP, I need that, I need that uh, A, A. 
ammo? No, the other thing, armor? Yeah, 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 I need yeah. armor, I need armor. I'm <laughs> <laughs> still there, like, you know, shooting people and, like, you know, take it, take, ah, fuck, take something. Cover? Yeah, yeah. that thing. <laughs> so we're like, eventually it was like, uh, it was not too frustrating, but I was like, ah, fucking, this is more exhausting and more frustrating than it normally is, JP. We'll, like, we'll do it another time. It's like, ah, yeah, we understand. Uh, like luckily I had like he's a he's like a lifelong friend of mine he didn't give me any fucking pity or like you know hey man I'm here for you if you need to talk yeah. to he's just like ah yeah sure fucking come back to me when you've got it back <laughs> yeah I'm gonna jump online with someone else yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. iron out the kinks yeah <laughs> so then I, I, after the six days yeah this, the speech and all comes back then yeah so then what's the journey then from after that then so uh, after that they did so they obviously took parts of the brain out and then they came back in and uh, they like had a meeting and uh, the mothership was there with me for the for the meeting and uh, they were like okay yeah we have the prognosis now the, the diagnosis is like we we think it's cancer and now we we know it is we've had the uh the scans and it's like yeah so you're stage three and then so i straight away you know like ever, ever anyone's seen a film they know the first thing you do is how long do i how long i got doctor yeah. how many years i got and then like what they actually do is they go we we don't want to fucking put a number to this because this is based on statistics and it's like always inaccurate it's so often inaccurate and um but I was still like, you know, yeah, but come on, come on, come on, come on. Give me, give me, give me ballpark. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. And they said, well, again, we need to stress that because of your uh, situation, you have come in without symptoms and uh, you are stage three brain cancer, but you're also 30 at time of, you know, uh, meeting. So that plays a huge factor. So we don't have stats on people in your condition. And the surgeon who uh, did the surgeon, uh, the cranioptomy on me, said that he's only ever experienced one other person my age in his whole career that came in and had no symptoms and had to do uh, brain surgery. So they were like, okay, well, so your stats actually fall into people who are in the 60 year old range because those are the people that go in without symptoms and get like checkups in the head or whatever and so they're like so it's six years but like uh, like that's open to interpretation so that's what it is statistically however there is also when they said it's going to take about a year to recover your brain and if that's anything to go on that i was able to recover my brain in six years like or sorry, six days, uh, that's probably a good sign that I do have more years. But like, you know, that could be completely unrelated because that's my own biological brain recovering as opposed to a big angry fucking tumor eating all my shit in there. Yeah. I know this might sound chill, but obviously you went in and got diagnosed, but you had no symptoms, yeah? Mm -hmm. But after the diagnosis, like, did you look back and go, actually, like, were you getting headaches at all or anything? Yeah, like, did you start thinking, like, oh, that time when I got that little sharp pain, that, that could have been, been this. Yeah. One thing, and it's uh, over Christmas, we, we, me, and my, <laughs> me and my mates, we always play Articulate over Christmas, and I did absolutely shite, and I was like, fuck, that might have been it. That might have been <laughs> the loss of uh, the ability to be able to, like, you know, uh, say words quickly, and I was like, fuck, that was it. That's why I did bad that Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it was the tumor. It wasn't us. <laughs> So what year are we talking here? So that was that was around COVID. So like, what was that? 2019? Yeah, start of 2020. Yeah, so it was, uh, well, it was the 13th of July. So pretty much, what was it, three years ago now? 
COVID started in 2020. Okay, so two years ago. Well, then. the lockdown started in 2020. Yeah, yeah. two years ago then, because that's that's uh, the uh, I went into the surgery during lockdown, so um, that was actually something that was a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, your family aren't going to be there. That's going to be so hard." And I was like, "That's fucking great for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's great for me because they'd be annoying me if I was there. I know they would." And uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was good. So you're getting chemo then? Is that like sorry? So they do the brain surgery. Mm-hmm. They re- obviously remove the tumor. Yep. Uh, what what happens next? What's so the next step there? Th- they had a little bit of a break for the uh, the actual skin and the muscle and the bone to recover because chemotherapy suppresses your uh, your uh, your body to be able to work. Basically, yeah. it is a poison. Um, it's just more of a poison to cancer cells than it is to uh, the Regular human body. Cells, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's loads of people who are very learned that I go, that's not true, that's not true, that's yeah. just common knowledge. Um, but yeah, so that's why it's the gold standard. Uh, it hurts it more than it hurts us. And then so I had to have a break before uh, I started that so the thing could repair. Um, but it was during COVID, so like it was brilliant because nobody else was doing anything everyone yeah. else was super depressed doing fuck all no one was going on holidays so it was like during the summer and i'm here like yeah. everybody's playing video games like yeah oh like lobbies are always full this is yeah. terrific no <laughs> fomo yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. and then um so I, I did my chemotherapy in uh what was it the royal marsden which is down um down the south of uh just outside of the sort of london city area and uh, they sort of put me in this machine where your uh, your face is pinned down by a weird looking mask. If it was like a uh, colored black, it looked like a big BDSM club or something. <laughs> <in> Germany. <laughs> and uh, so they they do that, and then they're able to keep your head in a completely stable place. And then every day they basically shoot a laser beam uh, into the head at a different angle every single uh, day for like six weeks or something and then the chemo lasts a year but that's just taking pills and uh then checkups and that was it so what does the laser do if you can kind of see it here so like the only reason i have short hair is because when i did the manchester marathon i went as skrillex so i shaved Shave one side yeah yeah, shave one side i think i was actually wearing a shirt come to think of it i haven't washed it since Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you can see like that's like shaved hair and then you can sort of see there that's thinned and it kind of goes in a straight line yeah so it does look like just like a crappy haircut but um that straight line is because it came from a machine. The chemotherapy didn't um, make me lose hair, despite what a lot of people on my TikTok channel seem to uh, insist that it makes my channel fake, is that I still have hair. And um, the, the radiotherapy is what made me lose um, uh, lose some of my hair. But like, I've got a big thick forest of hair, so it's grand. Yeah, so you get the chemo, um, this is all going on through lockdown. Yep. So that would have been mid-2020. So yep. July 2020, yep. you got that. So the second half of 2020, then you're in chemo, you yep. said six weeks? Uh, six weeks for the radiotherapy, one whole year for the for the chemotherapy. But uh, the chemotherapy, because, again, one of the benefits of having brain cancer is they do not hit you like they hit a lot of cancers with uh, with chemotherapy because, obviously, your brain is the most vital organ that we have. It's more, more important than the heart. And uh, so they can't actually do what they normally do with chemo, which is damage 
the organ that is in question. So like if you have lung cancer, you um you uh they'll absolutely rinse you with as much as they can while keeping you alive. And that means that it's really rough. And, you know, that's where you have people who are losing their hair and, you know, getting sick night and day and all that sort of thing. I was grand. I was out running and going to the boozer. Yeah. So this is what I wanted to ask. When do you start getting into running then? And when do you start thinking, like, you know what? I'm actually going to sit around. I'm not going to sit around and like let this just be me. I'm going to actually go out and just keep continuing to live my life. Yeah. The day after the uh, the prognosis. So like when I, I had to come in after the um, uh, the this uh, the speeching uh, problems. So after the surgery, and I went in, and when they said yes, yeah, so it's um, it is cancer. We can confirm it now because I had a, I actually had started a little social media um, platform, and it was a. We called it Vag because it was video games, albums, and then uh, whatever G was, was like getting wasted, getting hammered, getting thing. It was always something different. And the idea was that I would play a video game while listening to an album and have a, a cocktail. And then it was always a random one of each. So it ended up being sometimes awful. Like we did San Andreas and uh, GTA and we didn't realize how much of a problem that would be straight off the bat because obviously a big thing about GTA is that you get in the car and you start listening to music. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, fuck, how is this going to work with an album being played in the background as well? So that was a nightmare. But then we had um, we had one where we played Doom and uh, it was to Frank Sinatra, one of Frank Sinatra's uh, albums. And so because it was so completely different it made it look really funny yeah Yeah. so it's like when you see uh how many documentaries do you see about like war and they have like um and i think to myself what a wonderful day and it's like people getting blown up and shit so it's the the contrast of it so like uh anyway i'm getting off so we got to the um the diagnosis or the prognosis and then from there i was like well i mean there's no way that I'm going to be able to keep doing this live stream without adr- or these uh, playing video games without addressing the elephant in the room. So I may as well just double down on that elephant and make it so like I'm trying to break a, uh, a world record for raising money. And so I thought of ways that I could make that with uh, with playing video games. So like every time you get a headshot. Uh, uh, every time I get a headshot, then someone donate like a very small amount. So like make it something fun keep the fun in fundraising and then i wanted to call that headshots for head cancer and like mm. uh i'm still gonna do it. i'm still gonna do it, like running on a treadmill and um uh playing a video game at the same time i need to set up a twitch account to do that properly though but uh yeah so that was when i started doing the the charity stuff and i like already had loads of experience as um as a runner previously but when i it was all kind of based around uh, playing rugby. It was like secondary school. It was fun playing rugby. Um, and then when I when everybody graduated, we all kind of like several different schools all were gunning for uh, Clontarf Rugby Club. And so it was just very competitive. And I'm not particularly good at rugby anyway. So I was just like, ah, here, this is, this is not for me. Like I only like having fun with the lads. And then so I... Um, switch from doing like strength training and uh, stuff for, for rugby. And I just, uh, I think I just went out for a run and enjoyed it. And then when I told someone, oh yeah, how fast did you get down? Like uh, through St. Anne's Park and through the beach. And I was like, oh, an X amount of minutes. And then they were like, that's actually really fast, Ian. You're pretty good as a runner. You should probably keep that up. So then I kept going with running for a while. And then when I moved to um, the UK, I 
got back into rugby just because again I just wanted to make friends with people in um in universities. Shout out to St. Mary's go go Simmies. <laughs> and uh, same thing happened. I started getting back into weightlifting and all that sort of thing. And then uh, again kept a little bit of running just because I enjoyed it, but never long distances anymore. Just did like park run and that. And then when it was the, uh, I, I knew ahead of time that you can have your own world record very easily with the marathon. Well, relatively easily compared to like, you know, longest person to hold their breath underwater or something like that. But yeah. um, you can dress, you can do a marathon and you can dress up as anything and the Guinness World Records <laughs> will give you an award. Even if you're like the first person to do it, uh, they'll give you an award, like an official award. So I was like, oh yeah, I, I could do something like that and make it into doing a marathon. So that's why I chose that. So this is my, so <clears throat> when, when was your first marathon? Uh, I did Dublin um, back in, I think I remember it being 2019. I'm not sure. That was like, the last Dublin marathon. The last one that I did anyway. It was the last one that was on. Oh, sorry, not 2019, sorry, tw- uh, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit, of a big, bit of a big jump there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I was into running just after I, yeah, 2009, because I graduated in 2008. So yeah, just after high school or after secondary school, I keep forgetting that I'm not in London anymore. So yeah, people yeah. actually know what secondary school is here. What's up, man, bro? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think 2000, uh, 2009, maybe uh, maybe 2010. So that was your first one? That was and the first one. Since yeah. then, how many marathons would you reckon you've ran? So I did uh, I did the London one um, soon afterwards. I didn't actually do that officially. Um, I couldn't get a place. So you just jumped I, in? Uh, yeah, it's called bandit running. Um, I, I, don't do it, kids. You know, just don't steal. And uh, But I did do the triathlon. So I still had the racing bib for that. So what I did was I came in with like the racing bib half folded over it so you couldn't see the part where it said triathlon. You just saw like Athalon or yeah. whatever. And so I came in running late for one of the waves and I was like, fuck, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And then all the, the staff members like, oh, don't worry, keep going, go, just go to the top there, mate. Oh, thank you very much, man, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, I like uh, borrowed someone's medal for a second. I was like, can I just take a photo? <laughs> it's like, there's the race time. You hand them back the medal. See you now, bye-bye, thanks. <laughs> you bunked into a marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then I think that was my last one for... Um, for a while, I, I ran a fairly quick one. I ran a, oh, and like I did some training marathons, like just out doing my own thing for a, a, a fair few. And then since I restarted the marathon stuff, I'd say in the last year, I've done about eight, ten, count, ten yeah. if you count the double marathons, if you count them as two rather than one. You ran a double marathon? Yeah, I did that more than once. So like the um the year after I did my surgery, uh I love when things are like the same numbers and they all match. So a year is fifty-two weeks, and so I wanted to do a double marathon, which is fifty-two miles. And then so I did uh, I just did that on a treadmill and um yeah, that was How was, long did that take you? A, a while, an entire day of of doing that. I tell the worst part was the boredom i'll tell you that yeah on a treadmill yeah and were you live streaming that yeah 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 um and it was so irritating at some i'm very glad that one of the staff members in the um in the gym happened to be watching my live stream because he came up more than once being like your live stream has stopped and for whatever reason it just kept like uh 
taking it down saying like uh, you're doing fraud or something like that. TikTok is so quick for banning people. Uh, I'll give you a simple example. I was literally writing down in my notebook. Uh, oh yeah, I've, I've improved my squat. Last week it was 100 now, it's 105 and I had my pen in my mouth and it detected it as cigarette smoking. And so it banned the live stream and it's like, I'm working out promoting like being healthy and being fit and here you're, but like I just, when it's that ridiculous, you can't help but just laugh Take at it. Like, it's a stupid little platform and it was like, it's good <sighs> to promote stuff. It's great and it's terrible at the same time. Yeah, yeah the algorithm on it is just too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so even... good though. Like I wouldn't be where I am now uh, without having gotten that jolt because like that's what led to the Instagram getting a boost yeah. as well. Yeah, it's the comments toxic on TikTok. Uh, no, they're very, uh, uh, like very few people, uh, have, because they ban them. So like, you can't, I want to allow swearing because, uh, when I've reviewed loads of comments, they're all like, yeah, fuck cancer. Whoa, you're, you're a fucking legend. And it's all positive stuff. Um, but like they, they're super, super sensitive for, um, not allowing certain comments to be made. Like anything that has, they don't tell you this either, which is very frustrating from a creator's point of view. So if you want to have a link posted in a comment, you've got to try and like weasel your way around using .com or follow or donate because they shadow ban. So it looks like you've made the comment. But then when you look at it from a dummy uh, account, you can see that the comment actually hasn't been put up. So it can be very frustrating. But at the same time, it's just so quick to like get something out there. And like within an hour, 5,000 views happen. And it's just, it's really effective for that. So you just kind of take the good with the bad. Yeah. Um, so that's what something that we were wondering about before you come in. Is this like something that you just took up because you're like, you know what, if cancer, I'm just going to start running. You know, because you see a lot of people do that, you know, for charity things. And uh, what are some of the challenges that you've done? So we done, we were talking before we come on here, we were talking about the David Goggins challenge that oh, we done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we done the four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Yeah. And you were saying you've done similar ones. Uh, well, I did that one. Like, I didn't do it on TikTok, so it wasn't a live thing, but I tried to do it. I, like, it didn't even come close. Like, but I was trying to do one that matched another guy who was doing a, a marathon. Oh, sorry, not a marathon. A, a, a one mile every hour. And so I decided, ah, I might try and do that as well. That sounds like a bit of fun. And in the middle of it, it was uh, the Super Bowl. And I'm not big into... Um, uh, uh, American football, but my housemates at the time were. So I was like, oh yeah, it's a bit fun. I'll do it with them. Like, oh, you know, it was Thanksgiving. Actually, it was Thanksgiving. It wasn't the Super Bowl. It was Thanksgiving, but there's uh, American football on on Super Bowl day or on Thanksgiving day. And so I tried to do it through that. And I like straight away, I was just like, okay, I got like five done. And then it was like, I don't have the time for meal prep. I don't have time to like uh, mm. make stuff for the lads. And like, you know, I just didn't bother my ass, but uh, I did do other stuff just like it. Like um, on the fly, I did a, a 420. So I did like a 420 challenge just for the fun of it. Cause it's like, why not piggyback off of the people doing hashtag 420. And then, so I just did like 400, um, 420 press ups, 420 pull ups in four hours, 20 minutes, starting at 12 o'clock, ending at 20 minutes past four. And, uh what else on star wars day i've drawn the millennial falcon on like uh did you ever use strava yeah yeah so, so you ran the route like yeah yeah if you look at regent's park uh in london straight away you can have a look at that and think i can see what he's talking about i can see the millennial falcon in there and uh so i did that this year at star wars day and then uh i can't remember what the exact date is but, may the 4th uh, 
Yeah, May the 4th, but I can't remember what the exact date is for anal sex day. Oh, but, sound different. <laughs> but Jim, uh, Jim Jeffries has that gag. And then so I did that a couple of years ago as well. I don't know if I'm going to repeat it because, again, like TikTok, oh, it's their favorite thing to ban people. So I don't know if I'd do it again. But I went all around... Um, uh, Finsbury Park and just made these two big butt cheeks and then the best part about it was the centre butthole was uh, was Arsenal Stadium and I just ran a ring around it class <laughs> <laughs> uh, you done another one for Keith Flint didn't you yeah 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 so I called it the, the KFC uh, challenge uh, just to kind of I tried to get sponsorship from KFC as well while doing it but they never got back to me um, so Keith Flint uh, when he died he actually was a runner I didn't yeah. know but he did uh, he, he ran his first ever uh, he, he ran a park run personal best like three days before he died. Yeah. And this is all like loads of coincidences, but they kind of uh, will end up like a tangent here. But um, so his pace, that was his personal best, is the pace that I need to maintain throughout a marathon to get the world record for running the fastest marathon dressed as a video game character. Then also um, Keith Flint on my cat Charlie died uh, very recently to uh, when his anniversary of his death was and I named him Charlie after uh, the uh, the song Charlie Charlie always tells your mummy when you're going somewhere and so I was like ah oh, yeah I'll do this for them and so what the challenge was uh, was to be on a treadmill for every single one of the Prodigy's albums so that was more than a marathon um, but it wasn't quite a double marathon but like all seven of the albums, it takes a long time. And something that I didn't factor, I should have done it chronologically the other way around because I love The Prodigy, but uh, their last two albums aren't as good as their first ones. So when you really need the motivation, yeah. it's like like one of their albums is just shite. I'm sorry, Keith, I love you, but like, you know, a six out of the albums are brilliant, but like one of them is dog shit. And uh, you're just there like, Ugh. when you hit the wall and you listen to that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. But um, ah, it, was still, it was still a good crack being able to listen to all that. So Ian, you actually have a zinger for us and the reason why we, we usually open our show with zingers, like would you rather or do you call it this, do you call it that? And it gets very controversial online. So we, we put out on Instagram as a poll then on a Sunday and then share the results in the following week's podcast. And it's a, a rolling thing we have. But obviously because we're recording ahead of time, that's why we didn't do them at the, the start of this episode. But you actually have your own one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, people are all in the live streams whenever I'm doing things, they're always going, on, oh my God, brain cancer is awful, blah, 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 blah. But I see it in a completely different light. So my zinger to you guys is, would you rather have lung cancer at stage three? Now, with lung cancer, they will be blasting you with, as I said earlier, with chemotherapy, with like uh, surgery and all this sort of thing. And instantly you will 100% have shitloads of negative physical uh, effects to it. And uh, then after that, there is a chance that you can survive. People do survive from lung cancer. They go into uh, remission and then a lot of people don't. Or you could have a terminally uh, brain, a terminal brain cancer, brain tumor, and you will have quality of life, 100% quality of life. And then very quickly, as soon as it starts like going tits up, you absolutely dive bomb. So it's like... Un- unknown whether you're going to live and how long you're going to live for but it's like you have a slightly better chance with lung cancer but it's shit so it's quality versus quantity I would definitely take the latter yeah? yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Mm, I don't know. Because like, cause you're still like with, with, with the brain cancer when you still have your wits about you, you can still live your life, you can still do this. Yeah, now. I know the time. You dying in your sleep one day though. That's the best way to die. Yes. It is, but like, you'd be like, right, I'll but ring you tomorrow when we go for that coffee. You're like, dying after being... The, you have a yeah, better chance. Problem. Of, you have a better <laughs> chance of living though. No, true, but you're also going to be living in agony and... Yeah. In like, oh, the way I was looking at it is you could like come out of that. So I was like, remember that time five years ago when you battled cancer? Like increase, I don't know. You'd have you'd have a lot of hope, yeah. You'd mm. be able to be like, you know, maybe I'll be able to get through this. Mm. I don't know. I I, de- I definitely, particularly with my parents. Jesus Christ, they'd fucking drive me nuts with all the like, you know. Are you okay? You okay? Oh my God, you're getting sicker. They like I wouldn't be able to be around like because everyone would start getting more sad. Like mm. I, I is think it's this with the chemo when you're talking about. With- well, I mean, just the whole situation. Like, if you had lung cancer, you're like you're deteriorating away. So I'd imagine everyone around you would be super upset, or at least be like trying to hide it and put on a brave face as much as possible. But like you know, I ran up the mountain uh, for uh, the what was it the triathlon that I did the other day, faster than all my friends, and then like I was waiting at the top behind a rock to jump out behind them, being like, "Ah, this is my mountain!" and started fucking with them. And it's like I had more juice than they had, so you know it's very difficult to be like, "Oh yeah, he's 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 dying." And he's like, "Well, he's literally throwing me around at the top of a mountain and annoying me <laughs> when we're trying to get through this physical feat." So it's so you what know, would you take? Oh, brain cancer. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> so, are you, like, I don't know, this might sound a bit naive and stupid, but are you definitely terminal? Oh, yeah. So, what terminal is classed as is that they do not have a a, a cure. So, uh, it's maintenance as much as humanly possible. So, uh, that's what terminal gets classed as. However, like, you know, we are living in, um, you know, the exponential growth of technology and medicine and all sorts of crazy shit so like even if i don't get a a, a cure for uh for cancer which I, like i get told that there's a cure for cancer every like yeah. five minutes on um uh, on social media someone uh, steps in and be like oh turkey tailed uh mushrooms or like you know long-term fasting or like uh, this vast array of uh things it's like oh sour sup um thing oh this new treatment's coming out this guy who's like um I can't remember what his channel is, but it's uh, like he's recently... Anyway, there's loads of options like that. And I think you need to be a realist and think, okay, well, uh, chances of those actually being 100% uh, a success rate, quite low. So, you know, take them, have a go at them, but I wouldn't be going in with the sort of, the miracle cure is here, but... I think that's a healthier place to be because you don't sort of... Uh, You're not giving yourself that false hope kind of yeah, thing. I and then the disappointment. Yeah, I think that's dangerous like acceptance of what the situation, uh, the likelihood of the situation is as opposed to, you know, keep having your... Like, that seems like yeah. a gambling fallacy almost yeah. where it's like, you know, maybe this time it'll be red. Maybe this time it'll be, you know, 21. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had somebody on the podcast recently, Lindsay Bennett, um, and she was involved in the cervical cancer scandal and she's since gone on to other countries like Mexico and Germany to get alternative treatments do you ever think about that well yeah it was actually a really good idea from one of my friends shout out to Billy um who that's <laughs> not even his name um uh who was suggesting that uh like make a do you remember when dirty sanchez had that thing where it's like sanchez gets high it wasn't nearly as possible or as popular, but like they went all around the world finding like the legal highs 
and uh, just doing them and seeing what it comes up with. And so someone, my mate just suggested that I do the same sort of thing, but basically make myself into a human guinea pig again and uh, like be my own uh, cancer research. So it's like, okay, why don't you try the sour sop in a pure format and focus on that and ingest like loads of it every day and do that for a month MRI before, MRI after, any difference? No, okay, next, uh, let's try this sort of weird treatment, let's try that sort of weird treatment, and literally travel around the world, and he was saying, like, you know, and make sure that you're doing the fun stuff, like, you know, go off and see if, like, ayahuasca, taking a load of that, if that ends up curing <laughs> cancer, like, do the fun stuff, do the weird stuff, and see uh, see how you get on, so, like, yeah, I'd probably try um, something, I, I think it's kind of silly for anyone to not uh, try some weird shit like that. Yeah, I think hormones more like, I don't think it's that kind of holistic approach, like where like this natural remedy, hormones like treatments in, like there's a treatment that they have in Germany that's just, yeah. they don't have it here. Yeah. And she was like, all right, I'm going to go over there because she was told here, like your terminal, we can make it comfortable. And she went over to Germany. Obviously, it's a lot more expensive, but she went over and got the treatments and then they done a scan of her tumors and they're actually shrinking. Yeah. So like, I just think it's mad that like she was told, look, you've, X amount of days, nothing we can do for you. And she went elsewhere, done more research, found out, actually, this is working for me. This is going to prolong my life, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll 100% be doing um, stuff like that. Like, at the moment, I literally got an MRI result uh, this morning, and it was, um, it's uh, to me, it's always a draw. My parents were obviously very pleased with the result, but uh, for me, it's always a draw because they just say no growth. And it's like, all right, but there's still some of it there. And it's like, well, well yeah, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll try something else. So I've actually uh, been trying things by myself. Uh, I haven't done them properly. I've tried really hard, but I've had uh, failures with uh, with all of them in terms of how well I'm able to maintain them. But uh, the one that I'm uh, quite focused on is uh, the extended fasting as a, an alternative treatment that is backed up by quite a lot of, uh, of science. There's, and the thing about it that I care the most is like, uh, while it's very difficult to do, uh, well, in a way, it's almost the easiest thing in the world because you're just not doing stuff. You're just not eating stuff. Uh, it's like, if that doesn't work, well, I'll be have lost some weight. I'll, you know, have a good summer body. I'll be lighter for the marathon. And, you know... <laughs> Like it, there's it, always a positive. To yeah, take, there's it? side effects to to that sort of thing, and um, even even within that, uh, there's there's other things that like fasting has been shown to be massively beneficial for. For uh, like, I doubt very much that I'll get um, diabetes because I exercise a lot. But my diet with sugar is awful, absolutely terrible. So anything that I could do to try and like correct that negative behavior. Like, I'll give it a go. And you can't grasp the fact that we give birthday cakes or cakes. I think it's a terrible thing that we do in society. Like, if we, we grew up with it from, like, the Industrial Revolution or whatever, where it wasn't so, you know, available. But, like, you can't even, like, you could go into a bank to, like, take out a loan and they'd be, like, if they were selling chocolate bars there, it wouldn't be that surprising. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, that's new. But, like, you know, it wouldn't be. They Actually, no, I'll tell you what, you go into a, 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 a bank, they wouldn't sell you it. they just give you chocolate. they just like, oh, you're sitting there with your bank manager they just give you chocolate and it's like it happens absolutely everywhere you go even if you're going to the doctor like the, i don't understand that it's an association uh for children to be like here's a here's a lollipop like to make you not want to like be terrified of going to the doctor but like giving it to kids as a, a an award giving it like every birthday you have this cake and it's 
I don't know. I don't think it actually adds to anyone's happiness the the same way that um, having a giving someone a bottle of wine or something like that as a present because that often leads to situations that bring a lot of happiness. Um, <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, as I've been informed. But like, how many people look back and are like, "Oh my god!" So I ate so much cake and I just had the best time ever at that Oxygen Music Festival. Yeah, so I, point, I loved how many like, uh, what was it? Uh, what were those things called? They're like Mister uh, Mister the fucking coolie things. What were they called? Mister Freeze? Cool Pops. Cool Pops. That was it. Like you know, oh, I remember that day when I had a thousand Cool Pops and I just felt so good afterwards. Yeah. Like, so what you like you kind of. Encourage the people to stay away from the sugar, like I think, just as a general cultural thing, we need to try and stay away from sugar because we get like everybody gives it to kids from the get go, and it's a, a like I I have a, an argument with my parents about it all the time because we've got uh, I've got two nieces, and it's like you know oh we, we only give them a, a bit of like an, an ice cream when they're when they're good, and it's like. Yeah, but like you don't have to. You could still give them something else as a little prize. It doesn't. It's not yeah. like there's. That's the only thing that you could give to people. And it's the same thing with like after a birthday. It's not the only thing that you could do as a ceremony to like celebrate. something. But does this come from the fact that you've done some research and like and people say like uh, sugar is like it's a cancerogen? Isn't it? Oh yeah, I, I was doing fasting before I did. Um, before I uh, got cancer, I started doing treatments with it. Um, cause when I, when I was doing judo and, um, jujitsu, I thought that it was like the easiest way to, uh, lose weight yeah. fast to, uh, cut sugar, yeah. well, well, no, not to cut sugar, but just to, to go on a fast. And then, uh, just generally working in the fitness industry, you just kind of dig around and you do know things about, um, about nutrition and, and people's diets and that sort of thing. Uh, like how, uh, oh, the, what is it? The golden window, they call it the golden hour after a workout, mm. uh, Total horseshit. <laughs> it does not matter. Your body doesn't start healing muscles until you go asleep. And like, oh, this, oh, there's so much bollocks in the fitness industry about just getting people to like, you know, you got to eat this protein bar. It's, it's like, it ignores the fact that it's actually like a relatively high amount of protein in salads if you eat a lot of them. Like there's a reason why all the largest animals in the world that are omnivores, or not omnivores, that are vegetarians, are still, like, huge. Yo, like, there is protein in pretty much everything. Yeah. It's just people seem to think that it's only in chicken breasts, which is just not yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Ian, so what you touched on at the start was your goal. So your goal is to raise the most amount of money by a single individual. Yeah. Is that with one event or over the course of it? I don't really know because in a way, like the idea of being a one person for a charity, uh, it's almost impossible because, I mean, you are now part of this world record because you're literally helping me spread awareness. So like to think that you're not uh, contributing to the world record by proxy, it's just it's just incorrect. Just like, put our names on the show, it's grand. Yeah. <laughs> the three of us <laughs> raised the most money. Just the, in the, <laughs> and down the bottom, like, add, add all the names in. But even, like, if you if someone donates, mm. and, like, you know, okay, so someone's unable to donate, but they shared the channel on uh, TikTok loads, or they got me in touch with someone who was a sponsor, like, are they not part of the world record? Completely of course they are. understand what they're saying, but you so, still have to deal with the walk, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I, you're the one who's driving it, yeah. Yeah, like, it, so you're at the start now. And you also have to do the task at hand. And you're the face of it. Else is just... I'm the front man of the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So... But they're still like, you know, the Brian May. I'm just the uh, Freddie Mercury. Well, like, yeah. The way you want to look at it, like you're the boxer. 
and then everyone else can be a background staff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I, I mean. Like, Same I way I got, I, <laughs> I got a big brain damage to it as well. The <laughs> CTE. Um, yeah, I think I just too humble in a sense. But like, oh, everybody should get something. It's like, no, you're running this. You know what I mean? Mm. Literally. Yeah. You're actually doing a marathon yeah. tomorrow on your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday to Happy me. Birthday, Happy yeah. birthday. No cake for you. Um, <laughs> how like that that mechanism that you had to coming up with is that like. I'm looking to raise this amount of money and the first thing you say is you don't have to donate but follow it and share it. That's, yeah. that's worth more to me. Uh, mm. Well, I'm looking forward to when I'm fully able to announce um, the official sponsors. Actually, I am able to announce one because this is coming out after the uh, birthday. Brewdog is uh, now an official sponsor of mine and uh, we have not gotten into uh, sorting out the exact... Um, way that they are going to support in a charitable sense. We've talked about uh, some things like uh, doing an ice bucket challenge, except uh, with their empty cans and or like empty boxes, just their empty products uh, that you recycle them and you make something creative out of them. That was one of the concepts. Um, because the way I got their attention was I, I hoarded cans for uh, two years. Every time there was a house party and someone brought Brewdog cans, which uh, they're a lot more popular in, in England because they're like the, a lot cheaper. Um, you get them on discount quite a lot. And uh, every time someone would bring them over to the house, I'd be like, hey, can you just put them in the corner? And uh, my thankfully, my housemates like either saw what I was going for and believed in me or just tolerated me yeah. <laughs> either way. Thanks, Bren. You're a good friend. And, um, is his real name, Bren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, this one's real name is Bren. <laughs> Billy is Sean McGuire. <laughs> we just call him Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember why. Someone just said it and it's like, you know, it's one of them things. Like my, nick- for him. Yeah. my nickname's Liam. And, oh, well, actually, I suppose it does have an, uh, an actual reason. It's just simply because it sounds like Ian. <laughs> it's not a very strong reason. But <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, you got Brewdog on board. Yeah, yeah, got Brewdog on board. And um, I can't remember. What, oh, yeah, so the whole point of, um, I, like, I believe because I've just seen it on other people's uh, channels where it's like they're big enough and then they get sponsored and then yeah. uh, they give to charity of their own money. Like uh, PewDiePie is, uh, is known for that. Mr. Beast is known for uh, doing charitable yeah. things just because they can. And then so I was like, all right, well, why don't I for want of a better phrase, why don't I cut out the middleman? Why don't I make that my task where it's like, I'm trying to get sponsorship and they're going to yeah. uh, to charity. And so obviously, I'm sure a lot of people would be looking at that being like, this guy just wants followers. He just wants to be like having a big popular channel, which I do, 100%. <laughs> and, um, but at the same time, it was like, as soon as I get one that will be like quite a verification of this works, this idea works, focusing on the viewers more than asking people for the money all the time. Because uh, even when I spoke to um, one of the guys who's uh, a manager of uh, uh, Cancer Research UK, he was saying, oh yeah, your idea is actually really good because uh, people who are constantly asking for uh, money for these sorts of things, uh, they go through something called um, donation fatigue, which is where you are like, you know, we would easily be able to sit down and have a cup of tea as we're watching, you know, uh, this doesn't ever exist, but like Game of Thrones and during the ads, uh, something comes on for like, here are the uh, starving children in like, you know, Yemen at the moment, they need money. Like we would watch that and it, the information wouldn't even like pass into our minds just because we're so um, overwhelmed with uh, all that sort of information and so that's what donation fatigue is that because we're constantly uh like blasted with all this sad stuff that it just like doesn't uh 
doesn't register with it anymore. Just doesn't register. Yeah. yeah, we only have what what's that whole thing called where it's like um Dunbar's number, where it's like 150 people you can give a shit about. And then outside of that, you just, you can't, or it's like, you can't know more than 150 people or something like that. Something with just how the human brain, we have a, an amount. And then outside of that, it's just sort of like, you know, whatever your problem is, yeah. <laughs> that's your problem. Yeah. You're not my, you know, immediate family or friends. Yeah. And what's the, the goal then here in, what's the amount? So the amount is, luckily, the amount is in pounds and it's uh, 2.3 million pounds. And because of Brexit, the pound is doing absolutely shite. And so it started as 3.1 million euro. And now that's all the way down to 2.6 million euro. So uh, it's far more achievable now because as you can imagine, uh, the Irish part of the uh, charity are have donated far more than uh, than the Brits, even though I live in that um, uh, live in that country. So if you go on to curecancerdietrying.com, there's an option of four different charities because I, as social media, I didn't know where they were going to become popular, so I just sort of threw the net nice and wide. And um, but I also had the idea that going down the line, once the percentages start going up, to turn it into like a national competition. And with BrewDog, uh, when they start donating, they'll be donating to Cancer Research UK. And if that then overtakes Ireland, I think we all know that everybody in Ireland yeah. is going to start becoming patriotic and being like, yeah, Chucky Law, take that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, have you got like an end goal? Like, are you gonna are you doing an event? Like, I'm gonna I want this money raised by the time I do like this event. Or? Yes, uh, the London Marathon is the uh, is the the, the fo- cut off basically. Yeah, that's that's where I'm gonna uh, sort of have the cutoff point. But again, if it doesn't by the time I cross the line, uh, if we haven't reached the goal, I mean, like, if we're fifty pounds away from like covering it, I think I'll delay a little bit before I cross the line, yeah. sort of thing. But if we're not uh, at that point, then I mean, I wouldn't say I'll be disappointed but i will just straight up playstation 2 press the reset button and just go at it again the next year and i'd be fairly i don't want to come off as arrogant or ignorant or whatever you want to think of it or overconfident but while the money would have been reset the followers on a channel would not and they continue to grow so the second year that i attempted i reckon it would be far easier to achieve that and then um so we'll see how we go with uh, with that. When is the London Marathon? The 4th of October. Right. Still doing the Dublin Marathon though, which is afterwards, but that's just for... Yeah, it's for the end of October, yeah. yeah. That's just for the crack, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I heard you want to run around the world and all in. Yeah, so like that's that's just like the, the world... That's the first world record. I want to be able to say like, you know... Uh, more, like everyone's had one world record we've all been the youngest person on earth at one point but uh, that was a very short record we never thought about that yeah, mm. yeah that's well, well because you don't hang on to it very long yeah. do but, you yeah. yeah and you know every day yeah, there's so many people born at the same time yeah, yeah exactly but every for, day for someone like in the world second, we were yeah. and then like you know three Indians and five Chinese people outpace you yeah it's <laughs> true every day someone in the world takes a bigger shoe and you don't know no look at it that way <laughs> what on mm. the day or like just for the day of all time though of that day for the day yeah yeah, yeah that's a bit of crack Bono still place. holds the world record for biggest shite for being the biggest tour yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's good mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so you want to 
they want more world records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like straight away, like it, again, cancer is great for like the amount of clarity and like purpose I have in my life. Uh, I feel like, um, did you ever see, uh, uh, what's the Dr. Dre uh, documentary, The Defiant Ones? Yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Dre has a line in it that is just so good where he's like, oh yeah, ever since my earliest memory, I I knew like it had to be music, nothing else was come in. And uh, God, like I, I know other people don't have that. I'm so grateful that I have that. And I remember the first time, I didn't have cancer the first time I watched that uh, that show and I was like, fuck, he's right. Like I like what I do, but... Uh, my my sort of career in the fitness industry wasn't really going anywhere because I just enjoyed doing the classes. I wasn't particularly yeah. ambitious in like, you know, starting my own gym or anything like that. And so I was like, oh God, like that would be great to have that. Like every day you wake up and you got one thing to uh, to focus on. And now I do have that. So like after the uh, London Marathon, hopefully I don't die before, <laughs> after I do that, then it's straight on to the, um, the second world record, which again is by another Brit. So like I got to get in there with like, you know, oh, Kane Blaine shit as well. And uh, Chucky Arlau do the works and uh, take down the, uh, the other British um, world record holder for, he did a, a charitable walk during COVID and uh he that is 32 million pounds i think i think it's just below 40 million euro anyway and um with that i am going to get into a van a nice big van a comfy one and then in each of the 52 countries or territories and that's open to interpretation. Some people say there's more. Some people will say there's there's fewer, depending on uh, yeah, political view. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Russia fucking calms down when, uh, like, by the time I start trying to do this, because they're included in the European area, and then obviously they're they're making it a bit tricky to get into Ukraine. Um, but hopefully that uh, calms down by the time that I'm trying to attempt this. But uh, a double marathon is fifty two. 52 uh, territories and countries in um, the European Union or just Europe as a continent and then 52 weeks. And again, I love the symmetry of that. So I'm going to try and do all of that in one year, do a double marathon in, in every country. Uh, in every, every country. Week. Yeah, one a week. So you have all these challenges, right? And I'm just fascinated because I'm obsessed with the fact that we're all going to die one day, mm-hmm. right? And that, like, that thought literally keeps me up at night some nights. But you're told, look, you're coming close to the end here. So how do you prioritize the time? You're out there doing all this stuff. Would you not rather like, do you know what? I might just go on holiday with me family. Yeah, I mean, I get that all the time in the uh, in the uh, the live stream comments or the comments on my videos, and I'm just like, you know, that that gets boring quick. Like, do, do you ever spend two weeks in Greece on a holiday? Not really, no. <laughs> I wouldn't advise it. Like you get that shit done in one week, and then you want to go back and you want to get back to to work. Like work is work is a, an important thing, and in, in like for the human brain, if you want to just run around getting smashed all the time, you get bored of it super quick, and then you like you'd you'd feel kind of empty. Like what what am I doing? Like am I just waiting it out until I 
until I die. And like, I'd end up looking like a fat fuck as well, which wouldn't be the greatest, especially if you're going on holiday in Greece. Yeah. You want to have that beach body. And uh, yeah, so... So the challenges are what get you up in the morning. That's what you actually enjoy, you know? Yeah, but like, I, even before I had cancer, like I always did like doing physical challenges. They're, they're like, they're fun stuff. And then also like getting into, uh, getting into the 30s, like I much prefer to like do something with my friends rather than just go to the pub and getting hammered. Like that's obviously still terrific fun, but I like what we were doing kind of for my birthday celebration was we did the gale force thing. And then afterwards, you know, had several too many pints and like that kind it's almost like a reward for like, yeah, you earned the reason or like, or if it's a, um, like a wedding, there's a lot of ceremony and fun activities that break up the the day itself. So like you have the the uh, the speeches and uh, you have like you know people dancing and then you have dinner and it kind of it all makes it more of an event. But like just going down to the pub, it's like I've had enough of that sort of thing, and I kind of feel like going on holiday would be much the same, where it's just sort of like ah oh, yeah, there are the pyramids. Oh yeah, there's the you it's know great for a few days. Lean and Terra Pisa. Oh yeah. yeah, there's the Great Wall of China. What now? Oh yeah, there's the moon. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, Richard uh, Virgin, whatever his name is again. Yeah. What is that? Branson. Branson, that's the one. Yeah. 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 That's mad. Well, <laughs> Timmy got a good insight into our mindset here. In um, so what we will do, we will encourage people to follow you, obviously, but also we will encourage people to donate because let's try our best to get you to the record oh yeah so the best place to follow you uh, King of Chemo just type that into whatever uh, your platform is that you like if you They're like everywhere. YouTube, YouTube. platforms Twitter as well everything Twitter uh, yeah I think it's Liam Fatman Ward on Twitter I, I need right. to change that back um, I might have changed to the King of Chemo actually but I don't I don't really use Twitter but like you know, hey uh, I'm I'm literally going to, I, I made a video recently about how I'm trying to change uh, me as an individual into like a big team of people um, to be doing like uh, all sorts of management stuff but actually be involved in the channel like from a from a, a, a face uh, point of view yeah um, and so I'd imagine someone will be running a, a, a form of Twitter. So I, again, I don't know what my Twitter yeah. handle is. So anymore, the King of Chemo everywhere else, like yeah, the King YouTube, of Chemo covers, uh, TikTok, Twitch, uh, TikTok. YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram, and on uh, TikTok. And those would be the four. That Just follow him on all of them. On yeah, all, all of them. Platform. And yeah, encourage the, getting sponsorship. Numbers numbers make a difference to companies. If people do want to give you that little boost that one down, where's the best place to do that? CureCancerDietrian.com. Right, brilliant. Uh, in absolute pleasure here. We actually hope we can give you a, a bit of a push. Yeah, sure, we re- we'd really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you're doing a marathon tomorrow? Yep. Where are you doing that? Uh, I'm just doing it in and around Clontarf because there's a, a, a half marathon. Uh, oh, yeah, the half marathon is kind of funny. So uh, there's a Clontarf half marathon, but like when I was looking at, oh, where does it start from? It literally starts from the bottom of my road where I start uh, <laughs> My uh, my runs anyway, and it goes down along the beach, and it's like this is just my fucking run route. A normal like, route, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't pay for it if it wasn't like you know so um, uh, so in touch with what my route normally is because it's like it's a half marathon. I don't need to have a bib. I could just run that anyway. I yeah. run it anyway all the time. So um, yeah, that's on the third of of uh oh sorry i'm getting ahead of myself the marathon is it's tomorrow is tomorrow yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah but if anybody wants to uh have a few scooby-doos uh, afterwards six o'clock i'm going to be going to the only brew dog that is in um 
Oh wait, this is in the past. Now I was going to be yeah. able to do this. Yeah. If you have a time machine and you want to yeah. go to the yeah. <laughs> so what? What's on the third? <laughs> on the third is the Clontarf Half Marathon. Yeah, and uh, that is just uh, down the bottom of the yacht pub. Um, near uh, near where Harry Burns is, and afterwards I am going to be in the yacht pub getting a few in, and then uh, up to Harry's to get absolutely rat arsed. Follow point. We wrap this so one up. Exciting. Thanks very much for coming in, sharing your story. Was in. Really appreciate it. Legend. Right, take us out, Chris. Boom. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app. The hip knocker. Come down.